Welcome to episode 47. As always, you can find the podcast on the web at enterprisehardcorepodcast.com. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Enterprise Hardcore Podcast. There you'll find all the information for upcoming episodes as well as previous episodes. Uh, I got a bunch of cool stuff coming up. Uh, episode 50 is going to be a lot of fun. So like I said, just check out the Instagram. Uh, today should be pretty fun. We're going to be catching back up with Chris Ring. I talked to him like a year and a half ago, uh, but I knew back then that it'd be cool to kind of catch up to him after things kind of reopened. And now things are kind of getting kind of crazy again. So I'm kind of interested to get his take on all that. So uh, without further ado, how's everything going for you, Chris? Doing all right, Josh. I'm doing all right. Appreciate you bringing me back. Yeah, like I said, I, I knew it would be fun to catch up and see how everything was going. Uh, last time, obviously, we talked, things were shut down, and now things are kind of, well, fully reopened, and uh, I guess we'll see. So, uh, and I guess also, on top of shows, you had something else happen uh, since the last episode, too. So, congratulations on uh, bringing a child into this world. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's, yeah, it's been a year now, so he just recently turned one, and uh, he is a crazy little monster, but it is a, a COVID blessing, uh, something that happened, you know, a positive thing to happen during the COVID shutdown. Yeah, my girlfriend and I had our second too. So, uh, and that was during COVID. I think I talked to you about it before. We were a little nervous doing all that, but you know, it, we navigated through it. So, congrats uh, to you. So, how long have uh, shows like officially been reopened for you? I guess now we're doing this in December for anybody listening later on. I guess. Yeah, I mean, technically, things kind of opened back up back in September. Um, you know, as of today, unfortunately, it's in the county that we live in. Uh, there's been some additional restrictions put on. Right now, we are a vaccinated only uh venue uh so basically each show is kind of different whether it's the venue or the, the artist that's having uh, a different covid protocol um basically from september through like early october everybody kind of opened up doing the same thing uh and then from there some venues start going vax only some start doing vax only or proof of negative test some artists wanted vax only and everybody wearing masks in the venues so honestly every show has been a little different it's definitely been a little trying to kind of figure it out um you know, and kind of keep things going and keeping fans engaged and staff feeling safe and comfortable working, you know, these shows that have, you know, mass gatherings and kids moshing and stage diving all over each other. So it's definitely, a, you know, a different world, um, which I guess they call the new world. But honestly, the, I think people were without music and live music for so long that the second the show started happening, um, people just flooded to the shows. I mean, our shows have been seeing kind of record business. Uh, a lot of the shows that we had this fall that we thought were going to maybe not do as great just because there was, you know, a shitload of traffic in the market. Uh, a lot of shows to compete with still kind of crushed it. Um, the one thing that's kind of weird is we are seeing a little bit, a little over 10 to 15% of like a no-show uh, ratio. So if we're selling a thousand tickets, about a hundred to 150 people are not coming. So whether they bought tickets, you know, prior to everything and still just didn't feel comfortable, maybe they got COVID, maybe they were in close contact with somebody with COVID, um, you know, for whatever reason, you know, we're seeing a, a good chunk of people, about 10 to 15% no-shows. So um, that's been a little interesting to see. Other than that, though, the people that are at the shows are still just as engaged and excited and, you know, have been really cool about following whatever the rules have been for that show. And um, it's, been, it's been positive to see. Yeah, I've been to a few local hardcore shows since things reopened. I was a little apprehensive at first, but I, I, I don't know what, the, what it's been like at your shows, but I've only seen like a few other people wearing masks. Like I've had mine on and, you know, each person's going to do their own thing, I guess, like, you know, but... It's, it makes me a little nervous. Like right now it's still being around in close contact with people. Like, you know what I mean? So I can kind of understand why that 10% would be there, I guess, you know? Yeah. I mean, like we had anti-flag here uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Jeff Rosenstock, both of them had like masks on policies for the whole show. Um, they also had a vaccination policy as well. 
Um, so it was, it, you know, unless you're obviously eating or drinking, which, you know, I'm not going to get into the politics or the science of it, you know, it kind of defeats the purpose a little bit, but, um, you know, it's definitely interesting to see a, a crowd full of punk kids singing along to a hot water music show or, you know, anti-flag wearing masks on, you know, it's, it's definitely different. Um, obviously I'm used to it now, but I'm kind of hoping, you know, we can kind of go back to the way it was prior. Um, and that's what's messed up is that, you know, one day I'll have a show where there's no rules. Um, the next day we have, we have the rules. So there still is that, that lack of consistency, um, which I think is what kind of keeps some of the, the, the concert goers a little confused or apprehensive. Like, you know, well, yesterday at Rec Room, there was no masks, no vaccine. And t- today it is. And maybe the germs are still there. So they don't want to come out. And it's just really tough to navigate it all and make sure that, you know, you're doing everything within code and you're not, messing up this policy or you're not gonna lose this license because new york state's pissed at you about this but you're not alienating x amount of the public that aren't vaxxed or this it's just it's so tough to navigate through right now but um luckily the people are still coming out so whether we're vax only we're full if we do a mixed year we're full um if it's masks we're still full so we've been we've been really lucky right now and again, obviously, without getting into really any of the bs of the politics like you haven't had too much blowback from like the anti-vax or like people that are like you know what I mean? Like pissed about the whole vax thing or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's, it hasn't been something we've received personally, whether it's after dark or rec room, um, you know, just like anything you make the post, you know, Hey, as per the band or as per Erie County, um, as per the venue, um, you know, you get a couple of the kids chirping online, like this is ridiculous or this, you know, they share their opinion, but at the end of the day, it's like, you know, we're not the ones making the rules. You know, we're kind of basically the, the ones that are helping orchestrate and, and make the shows happen. Um, and we're doing the best we can. Uh, you know, we work in a very niche business of mass gatherings, right? This isn't like, we're not taking your rights away to go to the grocery store. You know, you going to see a, a hardcore show is, by no means is a right. Um, but it's our obligation to make sure it's done safely and that everybody that comes to it feels safe. And, and it's a place where they can kind of come and let loose and relax. So, you know, first and foremost, those are the, those are the things that we have to worry about. So, um, you know, I'm not going to let somebody's political BS or their thoughts think, you know, make somebody else feel uncomfortable at a show or this or that. It's just like, guys, we're all rolling with the same punches here. Either you want to see the band or you don't, you know, if you do, do whatever you got to do to see the show. If not, they'll come back around in six months to a year. Hopefully these restrictions are lifted and we can all kind of party together. So um, at least that's the way I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, that's kind of the way you just said it's pretty much how I've been looking at it. If people really want to see the show, then they'll they'll do what they have to do to see it, you know? Yeah. Now, I know recently um, Monroe County just declared it a state of emergency again with COVID and everything. Like, is are things changing, like, swiftly in Erie County and stuff, too, then? Like, like is there a lot of stuff you have to worry about with, like, uh, I guess, capacity and stuff like that yet? Or is it not quite to that level yet? Um, I mean, we're definitely on the cusp. So Erie County last week announced this like mask mandate initiative basically they announced like a four-step initiative first one is all local businesses have to wear masks uh regardless of vaccination uh if that doesn't work and keep the numbers down then we're going to move to a a vax only um for all local businesses and if that doesn't work then we would talk about you know capacity reductions and if that doesn't work the shutdown so um this this was all announced right before you know thanksgiving um we tried the mask thing the night before Thanksgiving, which, you know, as a bar, you know, we also do like a late night, not just shows. It was impossible to police, you know, trying to keep everybody with a mask on. They're so used to not having a mask on. My staff, half of my staff wear glasses. You got a mask on, they're fogging up. They're trying to talk to a customer over loud music. So from a realistic standpoint, it was just like, we can't police it and I'm not gonna get fined 
over it. You know, if Erie County thinks we're not, uh, you know, uh, obliging by the rules because we have a thousand people in the building that don't have a mask on. So, you know, we made the decision to go vax only. Um, but we also still have a lot of shows and we do, we do live band karaoke. Um, we do a dueling piano show on Thursdays and, and the bands that just regularly come play the room, they can't perform with masks on. It's just, it's an unrealistic ask, at least for our business model. So instead of being all masked, we went with all vaxxed. Um, we've received very, very, very minimal pushback. Um, you know, the Bills games, Sabres games, college universities, you have to be vaccinated to go to class these days, right? So most of the people that go out, that go to shows, um, are people that go to Bills games, they go to Sabres games, they, they go to college, right? So they go to these places that they already had to be vaccinated. So we've seen a very, very small, um, you know, window of people that have asked for refunds or, or haven't come in. Um, but that being said, like we just said, you know, I'm vaccinated. I got COVID recently. It's the first time I've had it since this has happened, which is a little shocking because I am around a, a ton of people. Um, so, I mean, it, it's very real. I mean, a lot of our staff have received it. I have friends and family that have just recently come down with it. So, um, it hasn't gone away. It's still out there. Obviously for some of us, the effects are a lot milder than others, but it's still very real. So, you know, whether people are just annoyed that they've had to deal with it for so long, it, it hasn't gone anywhere yet. So we still got to deal with it. Yeah. And we're in that, that, that crazy time of year where I feel like it's going to be definitely floating around quite a bit with all the gatherings and everything, you know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, like you said, the Vax, you know, I mean, what, 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 it's all on your beliefs, I guess, or whatever, but I, I got vaxxed and like you said, you did. So I, I, I feel safer that way. So, you know, you got some cool stuff coming up though. I think this should be coming out and I didn't really plan for this to, to be in the interview to happen around this time, but this should be coming out right around the time of, of one of your biggest uh, events of the year. So I guess we'll kind of roll through that a little bit. So when, when's this coming out? This will probably be coming out Monday, the, like the, the oh, okay. few days before. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, uh, so what's the question, I guess? Well, we got Tid the season coming up, obviously, and then oh, yeah. there's a pretty cool pre-show, too. Oh, the pre-show, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, Tid the season, obviously, is one of the biggest events that we do every year. It's one of my favorite events that we do. Um, you know, we put that together a couple of years ago, just trying to mimic the days of the Crazy Fest and Hellfest days that we kind of all grew up going to. Um, I'm not sure how, how privy are you to Twitter. Have you been following any of the drama today? I wasn't going to ask. I was going to see if you were going to bring it up. I, I, I literally just saw it. going to ask. That's a horrible interview if you're not going to ask. Come on. No, I was going to. Right before we started talking, I saw it, and I was going to jokingly text you, like, oh, I just saw some breaking news. Just give me a second. So, But I yeah, didn't know, yeah. like, you know, how, what the thoughts are right now. So, um, Yeah, for everybody obviously listening, there's been a lot of Every Time I Die drama on Twitter today amongst the band members. And, you know, to, I'm not knee-deep in it, but, you know, these are some of my best friends and, you know, I was in Keith's wedding, Mitch, is, I was in his wedding, he was in my wedding, and we obviously have Tid the Season this week, and, you know, it's, it's definitely a lot of drama right now. Um, it's unfortunate to see it kind of play out in a timing aspect, but at the same time, you know, you talk about people's mental health and just years and years of shit that they've been dealing with, so it's like kind of, to have it unfold, like, in real time on social media is just, it's pretty crazy, man. I mean, these guys have been a band for 20 plus years, and, you know, to see this kind of unravel the way it's unraveling is, is honestly pretty sad and it's, it's, it's pretty fucked up to watch, but, um, you know, as of today, everything is moving forward as planned and I'm hoping that they internally can figure out their shit. And, you know, when it's, when it's brothers and stuff and family stuff, I mean, it's obviously bigger stuff than just playing music. Right. So, um, you know, I'm hoping they can figure their shit out. Uh, that being said, you know, if that didn't happen today, you know, next week is basically my favorite week of the year. Uh, We've always talked about kind of building some events around to the season. 
Uh, so that's kind of the introduction that we have of the Buffalo style Thursday night show, um, basically with all Buffalo bands, uh, you know, Buried Alive is somebody, you know, that I've worked with obviously since, since their first show. Um, again, great friends of mine and stoked to have them back around. Um, you know, we tried to get them on the season this year. It, it just didn't work out. Um, but these guys, you know, they want the no barricade. They want the kids in your face. Like that's the kind of show that they want, you know? So um, not taking anything away from the t- t- the season show, but it, it's definitely just a different monster, you know, compared to a, a no barricade DIY kind of hardcore show. So, um, you know, we got that on Thursday night. We're letting the first 200 kids that show up with t- the season tickets in for free. You know, we really want these kids that come in and travel to experience not just every time I die, you know, um, not just buried alive, but we got a lot of good hardcore bands. You know, we got a lot of good post hardcore bands and pop punk bands. So, you know, we got a bill that's, pretty all over the place. Um, but that's also the kind of bill that I kind of grew up doing my shows on, whether it was Turmoil and Elliot, you know, Hot Water Music and Bloodlet, you know what I mean? I mean, a lot of these bands share the same kind of cultural views, you know, their style might be a little bit different, but at the same time, there's something to be said about five death metal bands back to back to back. It's just, it's a, it's a lot, right? So let's give the kids a break, you know, we'll break it up with a melodic hardcore band, you know, old school band, you know, punk oi band, you know, a little bit of something for everybody. Um, and just fun and, and do a fun hardcore show before the season happens. So um, every year, thousands of well, not thousands, but about a thousand people travel in early on Thursday uh, looking for something to do. So I think this would be a great way to kind of kick off the weekend. Um, you know, next year we were, we were planning on doing even a little bit more, multiple venues, you know, more shows, maybe even some surprise sets from to the season bands, things like that, that just kind of keep it fun and exciting. Um, maybe a surprise ETID show, you never know, right? So we just want to give people stuff to do. We appreciate that they come in to Buffalo a day early. Um, we, want, we want them taking the sights and sounds of the city and experience a lot of cool shit. And, you know, the music aspect is one of them. So yeah, we got that Thursday night to the season this weekend is going to be sick. Um, you know, the production for Every Time I Die is going to be unreal. Ice-T's got a lot of cool stuff planned up his sleeve that we've been, you know, working with on the side. So it's always just such a shit show um, to get a couple thousand people together, you know, listen to punk and hardcore music for a weekend. So, yeah, I'm really excited for next week. How did the idea of Ice-T come along? Was that you or Every Time I Die? Or you got, like, how did that all come about? Um, you know, it was definitely ETID. Uh, you know, this year, this lineup this year is definitely more steered by the band. Um, you know, generally we have a good input, but we definitely lean more towards like the punk bands. Um, these guys are definitely leaning more towards like the, the hardcore bands or even some of the hip hop stuff. Uh, you know, the issue of booking this year, I think we talked about it maybe last time or maybe we didn't, but um, you know, every band was on the hiatus for the last 16 months. So when everybody kind of returned back to touring, everybody toured. So this wasn't that easy where it was like, Hey, is so-and-so available that can they fly in or this or that? A ton of the bands already had their own tours booked. Right. So logistically from a, um, routing standpoint, things just didn't line up. So it wasn't necessarily as easy to book this one as we would have hoped, um, especially with the momentum we've had off the past couple of years of them just selling out and the cool lineups that we've had before. It, it was definitely a little bit more trying. Um, you know, Ice-T and, and Body Count have always been on the list. It just didn't really, you know, it just never made sense. We were always like, wow, it's, it's Ice-T. You know, I tried to book them two years ago for a Halloween event that I did. Um, and the money, it was a lot of money, but it was also trying to find his availability around his, his uh, law and order schedule. Um, so, yeah, it just didn't seem to make sense. And then all of a sudden this year, it just so happened that every time I was booking agent is now Ice-T's booking agent. 
So like, it just happened like a mention in a conversation, like, oh, I book iced tea now. We're like, what? Like you held this back on us for how long? Like, <laughs> why wouldn't you have thrown this into the fucking pot in the beginning? You know? So it actually made locking him in uh, relatively simple. Um, the biggest hurdle, honestly, his wife is very particular on the, the shows that he plays because he doesn't have a lot of downtime. Um, so we had to kind of grease her palms a little bit, pay her some money to fly here with him so she can, you know, be with ice and, uh, yeah, so him and his wife were coming in town for the whole weekend. And uh, yeah, that was really it. So it, it happened actually easier than we thought it would have. Um, but that's kind of how the, the season lineup happened this year. Now I'm just picturing Ice-T at a Buried Alive show, like randomly. Like, what was that show years ago that I feel like one of the dudes from like Lincoln Park, or not Lincoln Park, but one of those random bands showed up at like a small show, like a club show. They were like on one of those like Eminem tours or whatever. Uh, not Static X. I forget the band. You, I feel like you were walking the dude around too, and I was like, "Yo, who is that dude? Papa Roach, maybe their singer." Um, I mean, I'm trying to think. I'm trying. I mean, we one of those boys, like, no, but like a big metal band. I'm trying to think who it might have been. This would have been like 15 or 20 years ago. It was like one Eminem and like those. What was that tour with like Eminem and Exhibit and like some metal bands too? Like it was one of those tours. Oh really? And like, yeah. And they like, they were there. I feel, I'm just I'm picturing something like that. Like one of these like like big dudes like at a hardcore show. You know, it would just be yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, listen, yeah. that would be super sick if Ice T showed up. I mean, right now he's coming in Friday and Saturday. He doesn't play till Saturdays. I don't have him coming yeah. in Thursday, but um, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. What other kind of events? I, I keep seeing stuff on Instagram is like some uh, like breakfast and, and like a curling thing too or something. Yeah, I mean, every year we do curling for a cure. So River, Riverworks has like a two ice skating rinks. So we do like an open skate all day on Saturday and Friday. Um, and they do curling, which nobody really knows what to do when they're curling. Um, so we think it's this fun kind of thing where – Fans can bid um, to curl with their favorite Tid the Season band and, um, you know, raise a bunch of money. This year, the charities for Oshai Children's Hospital, when Keith had his daughter, they went through some complications. That, you know, she was uh, a preemie and had a bunch of health issues. So uh, Children's Hospital was, was where she was at. And, you know, they tried to raise a lot of money for them. My wife does a lot of charity work for that hospital as well. We had our child there. So, you know, we're pretty tied in with them. So, you know, it's definitely a, a place that is near and dear to a lot of Buffalonians hearts. So um, the curling for a cure, yeah, it raises money for them. In the last couple of years, they've raised about two to $3,000 a year for the hospital, which is great. Um, and then this year they also added a couple other charities um, that they're going to do like Sunday. I think the band is doing like a breakfast, like a coffee and cereal um, at, I don't know if you know, Nick Maruso, the old drummer of it dies today. He opened up a coffee shop in Buffalo um, with Rich Casey. I'm not sure if you know, Rich, Rich is like a hardcore serrated guy who's, been around the scene for a million years. Um, they have a coffee shop right in the Elmwood Village, so they're doing that there. Um, and then they're doing a, they have a, another beer, Southern Tier Brewery did a Every Time I Die beer this year. So they partnered with Southern Tier. They're doing the release on Sunday uh, at their brewery and, and a bunch of the money they raised for that. I think it was either for Friends of the Night, which helps like homeless people in Buffalo or maybe the Buffalo Animal Shelter. You know, the one thing about it, the Every Time I Die guys, they definitely give back when they can you know they'll raise as much money as they can they'll do weird things like coffee and cereal after you know two straight days of playing they gotta get up at nine in the morning to go have coffee and cereal with whoever bought the the vip package right so um you know they definitely do what they can to give back and, and it's a pretty cool experience so yeah so friday night you know they got the shows uh sunday morning they're doing those two vip things uh friday night you know at my bar we do the after party with the, with the live band karaoke the emo and pop punk edition and a bunch of the band guys come out and you know, they'll sing lit or, you know, 
Limp Biscuit breaking stuff or, you know, an all-time low song. So, you know, it's a good mixture, but it's a good way to let loose and have, again, a lot of the fans kind of come interact with a lot of the band dudes that, that, that play the show. And, um, you know, it all leads into a big Sunday Bills football game at four o'clock against Tampa Bay. So that's the real thing that we got to worry about, making sure the Bills can win that game. And that you got, you know, you got Bill shit at your bar every weekend too? Yeah, I mean, we have these massive video walls. So we've actually developed like a wild little Bills business. Um, so we're pretty packed, especially for all the away games. So, um, and we do like special effects, like CO2, a lot like the nightclub-y kind of like special effects every time the Bills score. And we like a live DJ playing music in between commercial breaks and stuff and kind of make it a, a cool party. So we've definitely found this like ability to do shows and karaoke, but be a nightclub, but then do sports bar. And for whatever reason, it's, it's all kind of worked. So things, things are good. Yeah, it's cool to see you were able to maneuver around everything with, you know, with COVID and everything. And, you know, so um, any any other cool shows coming up before I guess we do start talking about like uh, random uh, writer requests that you've gotten over the years? I mean, the year's almost over. We don't have a ton of cool stuff left. We got, you know, the Benny the Butcher show at the end of the year, which, you know, we're stoked for. It's kind of like, you know, his first homecoming show since, you know, Grisella's really popped off. Um, so that's cool. You know, we're working on a West Side date for early 2022. Um, you know, we just announced like, a Menzinger show in Rochester in April, which I'm stoked about. We got um, Spanish love songs coming back to Rochester. It's like one of my new favorite bands. I'm stoked for that. Um, yeah, I mean, we're still, we're kind of ending out the year, starting to book basically everything for 2022. We, we don't have a ton of stuff announced yet or even confirmed yet for the new year, um, which is a little shocking given this time of year. But I think it's been such a wild year. So many counties now are instituting the new COVID protocol that, people are kind of like standing back to kind of watch and see how things happen with the new variant. And, you know, a lot of time and effort goes into booking and routing tours. So I think before people start expelling that kind of time and energy and money, again, they want to make sure that those tours are actually going to happen. So um, I think, you know, mid January, end of January, you will start seeing a lot more confirmations and things coming out there. But right now I think people are just grateful to kind of get through this shitty year and um, spend some time with the family, you know, in the next couple of weeks with the holidays and kind of go from there. Yeah. I keep wanting to, to plan a couple of little shows, but I'm just so nervous with everything that, you know, it's like, I don't have enough invested in it to really, to really jump back in yet. You know, I, I told you about some stuff we're working on, but we'll see how that happens. But now that we have a couple extra minutes, I'm, I'm kind of curious because both times I've interviewed you, we've kind of brushed over the Griselda thing a little bit. And as you probably know, I'm, I'm heavily into them too. So have you worked with those guys like since like the beginning, like have you kind of like promoted them and, and booked them like from the beginning and like kind of helped build them up to where they are now, I guess then, or. I mean, I'm not going to take any credit for... No, for I know that. that, but you know what I mean? They've been, they've been doing it, you know, on their own for so long. But yeah, I mean, After Dark, we've done basically... Um, when I owned the Waiting Room, you know, we did all their first shows uh, at Waiting Room. We did their shows at Town Ballroom with the locks. And we did, you know, Westside. Um, yeah, Griselda as a whole. I mean, yeah, I mean, we've, we've definitely been in the mix with those dudes, you know, basically since the beginning. Um, but, you know, it's... It's sad to say it's tough, but like the city of Buffalo uh, is not positive hip hop. You know, trying to find venues that will allow us to do the shows has been kind of a nightmare, um, especially, you know, given their success means more people are going to come. Right. So it's like it's one thing when it's going to be like three or four hundred people, you know, a venue or the city's like, all right, this is manageable. You know, for us to do it like as an outdoor free show or a 15, a low do ticket. And you're talking 5,000, 10,000 people, all of a sudden the city's a little more standoffish, you know, um, you know, the, the success these guys are seeing, I mean, Conway just did the town ballroom that they ended up booking direct, um, you know, which was, which was great. I'm glad that, you know, they got to do it. Um, 
but there is pushback. You know, I'm not sure if you saw Benny's Instagram or Twitter about a year ago when none of the venues would let him come back and play there. And he kind of called out everybody out and um, by no means was a, lot, a lack of trying, you know, it's just like, listen, what, what, what do we need to do to make sure that these shows can happen? You know, um, the flip side is it, it goes both ways though. I mean, you know, as safe as the shows are, we do what we can, you know, we need the artists to help out. And, you know, one of the biggest issues we've had um, with doing the Griselda shows is they bring a fucking hundred motherfuckers on stage, smoking, drinking bottles, all things that just go against the state, state liquor authority rules, the New York department of health rules that, you know, while in theory could be considered as like punk rock, like fuck you guys, you know, we'll do what we want. You know, these are venue owners that have their livelihoods invested in these, in these businesses. Right. So to risk, you know, a, a, a fine, you know, a n- negative reputation, um, you know, as much as weed is legal now, it's legal outside, not inside. So to get that smell out of your building is, it takes days. And if you have an event the next day or a fundraiser or something like that, it's just, it's, it's stuff, right? So, you know, everybody kind of wants to see these things happen. It's just, it does take all the, all the people involved to kind of make sure it happens. And, um, you know, I think these guys have been doing this on a professional level now for so long, for the last year or two, real venues, live nation tours, things like that, where it's, I think they understand, you know, it's not just the business of like, Hey, let's get, let's get paid and make money. It's, Oh shit. There's like more to everything that happens. Right. So, um, you know, this will be our first show working with those guys, you know, since they've seen their you know recent success and have been touring sold out across the country. So, um, I, I think the show in December will, will be relatively smooth. Uh, I think the show that we have, you know, early next year with West side will be relatively smooth as well. Um, and I'm stoked for those guys. I mean, it's just super cool to see, another genre in Buffalo kind of start getting some national recognition. I mean, this isn't even just like, I mean, this is like big time, right? Jay-Z, Eminem, Def Jam. I mean, these are signature labels and, and people in the business that are, are kind of having their eye on Buffalo right now. So, um, you know, having my hand in more of the hardcore metal punk world and seeing like bands have success there, you know, in the mainstream world has been pretty cool, but to kind of now see that happen in the hip hop world is pretty awesome. And obviously haven't seen Andy do the Buffalo kids uh, ad before. Like, is that, is that a collab you think would ever happen? Like an every time I die Griselda type show or, or event or anything? I mean, we tried to get them on to the season this year uh, okay. from a scheduling thing. Westside, I think he's got this um, art basil thing going on next weekend or yeah. in Miami or, or in California where it, it just didn't make sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, and that, that, that connection is basically coming through wrestling. I mean, Andy, obviously with his recent success of uh being a legit professional wrestler at like 55 years old or however the hell old he is, is <laughs> absolutely insane with no professional training. Um, but yeah, West Side Gun's a huge, you know, wrestling fan and, uh, you know, through Jesse and, and Andy, you know, they've met him numerous times and obviously shows across the country and they've developed their own kind of friendship there. So um, it, it's definitely this, you know, long time coming sort of thing where, you know, hopefully maybe next year things will happen. Um, It'll be cool to see like two Buffalo powerhouses kind of come together and, and do a huge kind of hometown show. I don't know if Riverworks is the venue for that. I mean, ETID sells it on their own every year. So uh, there's not many bigger options besides the arena that doesn't necessarily have the, the same kind of intimacy as a Riverworks would have. But, you know, a lot of things can happen in a year. So we'll see what might pop up or what opportunities might arise. And maybe it's adding additional days or something. But, yeah, that'll be cool to see those two guys come together. Yeah. Now, I guess we do have a little bit of time. And like I said, I didn't have a lot of other stuff planned because there's not really a ton going on. Uh, what are some of the off, offhand? I'm, I jokingly asked you this the other day. Did they ask you that on NCS at all? What, the, what some of the stranger writer requests you've had are over the years? Um, you know, a lot of guys are, are pretty cool these days. 
I don't know if it's, you know, they think about this shit, you know, because of social media and things are just so easy to leak and get out. But, um, you know, the, the requests are pretty realistic. It's, you know, these people are away from their friends and family for so long. You know, the least you can do is have some food and drink for waiting for them inside a, a green room. Um, you know, it's the guys like back in the day, day that used to have just the ridiculous shit. Um, you know, I haven't done a Danzig show in a hot minute, but he used to have strippers on his rider. You know, wants two to four strippers in his dressing room. And, you know, I, I don't think the days of sex, drugs and rock and roll are over. But due to social media, the, the ease of something is going viral, a quick photo of this or that going on, on the Internet. Uh, people's writer requests are pretty simple. Um, if anything, it's just it's that mutual respect. You know, it's, it's bands going on the road and they may have a, a laundry list of 100 items. And you know, if the show's not selling well, it's like, dude, I'm not going to give you the green M&Ms. Like I, there's a budget, you know, that we all got to work within and, and make sure that, you know, we're financially viable and we're not losing our ass on a show. And. I'll buy the green M&Ms next show. Hopefully it's selling a little bit better, you know? And especially coming out of COVID, dude, like we were real nervous to see just how bands and agents would be working with us, you know? Like are, are they going to be money hungry and just trying to make as much money as they could because they were out of work for so long? Or are they going to be cooler about it? And, you know, I think a lot of these agents and bands realize, like especially independent promoters like us, that we live and die by the touring road dogs, just like they do. You know, we don't have Live Nation money. We don't have salaries. You know, when the show stop, our paychecks stop. So um, there was definitely a new appreciation, I think, for independent promoters. And um, as a result, a lot of the shows that we booked this past fall were a little bit more of like a partnership, you know, where the bands were getting more like door deals than they were like high guarantees because nobody knew, you know, are, are kids going to be willing to go back out again with the amount of competition? Are people going to have the money to go to all the shows? I mean, people have been out of work for so long. So, um, you know, and then and that, that kind of spelled down to the rider stuff. It's it, you weren't seeing two pages full of like ridiculous things and like, man, like you really need a thing of peanut butter every single day. Just whatever you don't eat, take with you, you know, like use that tomorrow. Um, you're not seeing it. I mean, bands were, were more and more willing to cut back on the unnecessary stuff um, or we're, we're just kind of rolling that money into their pay, you know, going with less food and less rider stuff because they obviously needed the money to pay their own personal bills. So. Um, yeah, I mean, recently we haven't seen a lot of crazy stuff, man. It's been, it's been kind of humbling and very positive to see that hopefully that's where like the future of music goes, you know, they're not going to become the money hungry machines that they, that they've used to be, or at least that they've been stuck in. But, um, yeah, that Danzig story from at least back in the late nineties was one of the rider requests I've, I've never forgotten about. That was just like, what? And, and we got it. I mean, it wasn't a thing like, Hey man, you're, you. you're not that getting it. It was. Oh no, we 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 got the strippers. So um, it's just it's wild to see that, and that's also you know just to, to list that as a business expense uh, on your tax return at the end of the day. Like, wait, what are you? What? This? Yeah, hey man, this is on the this is in the band's contract. You know, this is all part of the itemized. You know, the green M and M's, the lemonade, and the and strippers. So um, it's a fucked up. You know, that was fucked up. And I look back at that now, and the world that we live in in twenty twenty one is just like no bands getting away with that these days, you know, that's just not going to happen. So, um, it's pretty crazy. I'm picturing just something I like straight out. Like it's always sunny or something with that. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it, it, I mean, I was 19, maybe 20 years old when it happened. And I, I just remember being the guy opening the back door that it was at a venue called the, the fun house slash sideshow. And if you remember that venue it was in Lackawanna, yeah. um, and opening that door and they walked in, it was just like, are you fucking kidding me? You know, it was just, and you don't see whatever happened from there nobody knows you know they went into the green room and that was the last i, I heard of it but um it's pretty crazy is that the only artist that ever had anything like that back then even 
I mean, the stuff that I dealt with, yeah, I mean, I was still booking mainly like, you know, hardcore and punk bands. So, yeah. you know, I mean, I'd see like a tube of socks or something like that. Like nothing, nothing like that extreme. Yeah. Um, you know, or sometimes you'd see bands, they would put something ridiculous on it. Um, but they want you to take a, a picture of your dog and have it framed in the green room. It was more or less just as a test to make sure you're reading the contract, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. So, you know, that, that was always kind of funny to see and you'd cross it off and be like, whatever, not going to happen. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think some bands more or less had more fun with it or, hey, can't hurt to ask sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but for like club dates that we were doing back then or from when I started, what we're doing now, like, you know, we weren't seeing the crazy stuff and even the arena stuff. It's just that I, I have done, it was more out of necessity. Um, you know, when, when I did do the, the Guns N' Roses show a couple of years ago outside, um, we had to hire Axl Rose, a, a personal chef, and he gave you a menu of Italian and uh, Japanese and, you know, just different cuisines that you had to cook because you didn't know what mood he would be in that day you know so um seven thousand dollars later this fucking dude didn't even go into the green room didn't eat any of it got off his bus played the show and left and it was like just so wasteful you know what i mean like my security guards are leaving with like fillets you know boxes and boxes of chicken parm and all this sort of shit and it's just like dude you know and we lost our ass on that show it's like i'd rather donate five grand to the local soup kitchen then just piss away $7,000 on some dude's personal chef and, and cooking this food because you don't know what he's going to be in the mood for. And then he doesn't even have like a bite. It was just to see stuff like that on that level is just so wasteful. And, and you see it, you know, it, it's, it's just unfortunate, you know, like so many things could be done with that money than the stuff that they actually spend it on. It's just like, come on, but that's the rock star lifestyle. I mean, that's fucking Axl Rose. I mean, it's, you know, top, the, 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 the crumb, real crumb of, of rock stars. So. But having worked in food service for quite a few years, I'm guessing you had to have had like a kitchen or something ready for that, for that dude then too, the chef or whatever. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that, well, that was, I mean, a lot of it was cooked off site. They needed to travel it. They needed to keep it hot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it wasn't like this, Hey, we'll cook to order what you want. It was all like pre-done. Cause you never knew the second yeah. he got off that bus, what he wanted. And, and he's not taking line cook shit. He wants a chef. He wants like a legit guy. And, I can't remember what hotel we got the guy from. It was one of the Buffalo's nicer hotels who came in and, yeah. you know, cooked the food for him that day. And, um, but yeah, you know, a funny story with that show too. I mean, Guns N' Roses is my favorite band of all time though. So, um, you know, while, while we were waiting for him to get there, uh, the tour manager asked like where his personal car service was and we didn't have one. We're like, dude, you didn't tell us he needed a car service. Like, like oh my God, he absolutely needs a car service. It has to be a black uh, SUV, blah, blah, blah. We're like, dude, what the fuck? Like, you got to get it done. And luckily, I owned a black SUV. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to pick up Axel at the hotel. I'm losing my ass. At least I get to meet him. Like, it'll be worth it, you know? So they're like, all right, you got to go pick him up. But he's staying. I'm thinking he's like downtown Buffalo. They had him at the fucking uh, uh, hotel in Niagara Falls. And we're in downtown Buffalo. So I'm like, holy shit. So I'm like, all right. Throw all this shit out of the backseat of my car. Leave at the venue. Drive to Niagara Falls. I'm waiting out front. Calling some buddies of mine. Like, holy shit. Do I call, you know, what do I call him? You know, do I call Axel? Do I call him his real name? Like, what's the move? And I'm super nervous, you know, cause I, I'm, I'm a, I am a big fan and I'm waiting literally outside the hotel gates and, or the front door and texting like his handler basically being like, Hey, I'm here. Like, All right, we'll be down in 15 minutes and 45 minutes goes by and an hour goes by and I'm still waiting. And I'm like, All right. And about an hour and a half goes by the guy gets in my car and he's like, All right, we're just waiting for action. We'll be down in a couple of minutes. I'm like, All right, cool. You know, small talk, nothing crazy, but another hour goes by and here he comes. Starts walking out of this fucking hotel. He's got this little dog and a golden chalice, like whatever the fuck he's drinking. And he walks right towards my car and makes a right-hand turn, gets on the fucking tour bus that's in the parking lot, 
And this driver goes, okay, they're going to follow us in. I'm like, what? Bro, this is a brand new tour bus that has GPS. You know what I mean? You don't need a car service to follow into the fucking venue. Bro, I waited there two and a half hours thinking I was going to meet this motherfucker. Makes a right-hand turn, doesn't even look at me, gets on the fucking tour bus. <laughs> this guy's like, all right, let's go. And I had to drive like 55 miles an hour so the tour bus could fucking keep up. This guy's on the phone the whole time talking to whoever. And it was just like kind of just rubbing salt in the room. You know, it's just like we lost a ton of money. The catering thing. I think I'm going to meet him. It doesn't happen. And he just was cool, it. but it, it was just everybody told me horror stories. Like you don't want to book Guns N' Roses. You don't want to do it. And but I wanted to have the story. You know, it's like, all right, I got to like have the story. And it was a very expensive story to have. And it is, it's a wild story. So, yeah, it was it was something. So never he got wants- to meet him. So does he just want like an SUV like leading the bus there basically then? Is yeah, that, like that makes no sense. It? Just no rationalization <laughs> behind it. Like and it's, it, it just made zero sense. Like what the fuck, man? Wow, Crazy. That's, that's really insane. Yeah. Um, if you have any other funny stories that come to mind, otherwise, you know, we can keep this one a little short because you, you've already kind of divulged like two or three funny stories and pieces of information in a real short amount of time. So um Anything yeah, else? Any other classic funny memories come to mind? I know you're a little under the weather, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't, off the top of my head, I mean, nothing off the top of my head. I mean, I, I mean, I have a million stories that span 20 years and, yeah, you know, that's, I need a little more prodding probably for, for some of those. Like, hey, remember this or what was the yeah. story with that? But um, I feel like we told some of those in the first time you were on here too, so. Exactly, so um, there's, there's a million stories, so. There's, yeah. Always stuff for another episode, you know? Yeah. I appreciate you taking the time today. Like I said, um, we'll keep this one a little short. Is there anything else you want to add or any shout outs or anything? No, man, I'm good. I'm, I'm stoked that you're still doing it. Uh, how's it been going for you? I mean, has it been easy to find content tougher? I mean, obviously now things have reopened or what's going on. Uh, it's been easier and tougher because the schedule has been tough as you, as you obviously know, uh, I guess I can peel back the curtain if we leave this on the episode that, it was kind of tough couldn't interview together because my schedule is just kind of tough now with with my son and stuff like getting into right. bed and stuff at night so that's been making things tough but like finding finding people hasn't been right i feel like right. there's tons of people like i'm not i'm trying not to just keep it rochester buffalo now and like kind of branch out a little bit more yeah. you know what i mean so that makes it easier but um it's just scheduling you know what i mean like getting 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 like a lot of people don't want to do like nine o'clock at night which i understand so now i'm trying to do more of these like daytime ones you know I mean, I'm with you. I mean, that is kind of like my me time now. Cause you know, I put the kid down around seven 38, but yeah. yeah, the other day when I was dragging, I'm like, fuck, it's nine 30. I'm just tired. I was like, Oh fuck man. Like getting old man. It's just it's yeah. part of life right now. It's crazy. Yeah. I think one of the things I really want to do now is, is not like when, when it started during COVID the podcast, I want to mainly to talk like old, old stuff like nineties and early two thousands. And now I want to kind of like mix it up more and have like current like guests from like current bands and and previous bands as well, you know, not just have it be like a shine on the past, but have it be like a mixture of both, you know? Yeah, definitely. That's great. So, yeah. I appreciate you coming on, man. I guess we'll, uh, we'll probably do this again sometime next year when there's more stuff and hopefully there won't be, uh, as much Twitter drama unfolding as we're doing the interview next time, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I haven't checked uh, anything lately, so I'm hoping there's <laughs> no crazy shit. So, um, but yeah, come Monday when this comes out, I mean, hopefully everything's been rectified and, and things have been worked out. So we'll see. Yeah. All right, so that wraps up the episode. I want to thank Chris for doing the interview. Uh, As always, thanks to Rob Antonucci and Greg Benoit for helping out with the podcast. Thanks to my family for all the support. Uh, We got about three episodes left in in 2021 and then a bunch of stuff planned for next year. So just keep an eye on the website and the Instagram. Uh, Thanks again, everybody. See everybody real soon and stay safe. Later, bud.